Hello, welcome again back to the Waffle Press Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. I'm so happy to be back at Undercity Comics in Uptown Whittier. It's been a long time, uh, so I'm just going to open up with hello again. I'm going to introduce the panel. We have a very special guest today from Frida Cinema, Trevor Dillon. Hello, thank you for having me, guys. I love the studio. I was you know, complimenting it the entire time you, uh, before you got here. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually true. He was, and that was, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not my, it's not my studio, it's Undercities, but that was, yeah. that was cool, you know? Yeah. It's, it's nice to have your quote-unquote home recognized right. as, a, as a cool place to be. Uh, and then, of course, Gene Aversa, as always. Hey, let's go. And Renee Bravo, sound engineer. I love it. I, love it. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't tell I was going to introduce yeah, it, so that's my, that's my fault. That's my fault. I was a little cut off. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's, it's, it's just candid, you know? People like authenticity. People mm. like real, gritty. <laughs> yeah. That's why the DC movies have done so well. Right, yeah. <laughs> that was not slander. I actually like Wonder Woman. Uh, but we got a, a different episode today. We're going to talk a little bit more about smaller production films. You know, we're going to talk Infinity War all till the live long day for whatever all summer. It's going to make more money than God. <laughs> and superheroes will continue ruling the world, and most of them will hopefully be good. But today, we're going we're to scale it back a little bit. Um, so, along with plugs, and yes, I did hit my elbow on the table and I hurt a lot. Uh, Trevor, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, well, yeah, my name's Trevor. I'm assuming I'm on the show because I'm the programming director at the Frida Cinema in beautiful downtown Santa Ana in Orange County. Um, we are the only nonprofit art house in Orange County. Uh, we also act as a repertory house, which means we play older movies. Uh, that's kind of my specialty, is bringing in the older movies. But I have shifted more towards the first-run movies, the newer movies as well. Okay. Uh, do you have anything recently that you've seen that you, you'd recommend to other people? Yeah, well, there's this new uh, thing that I'm hoping to play in May um, called Revenge. It's from the studio Neon, which made uh, I, Tonya last year. A bunch of really good movies. They're kind of like the upcoming age yeah. four, hopefully. Yeah. Right. And that's a, it's a, from a, a, French, a French filmmaker, a woman, and she made this kind of revenge fantasy film. It's very, not grindhouse but very exploitation-based, but looks beautiful. It looks almost like Mad Max Fury Road. Like, oh, it's, wow. it's awesome. Um, very bloody. So, right down the is right down like, the alley for our, for our audience. Is it like Thirst? Or not Thirst, though. Was Raw. It? Raw, yeah. Raw. Yeah, um, well, that it was, that's a French female filmmaker as well, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No relation to each other. Yeah, no, um, it's more like um, kind of, did you, I don't know if you saw uh, Anna Lily Amapour's The Bad Batch last year. That was I, also I did. That's, that's on my Netflix queue. I did yeah. see that. I don't yeah. think you like it. It's not important. I just want to know. It. It's visually <laughs> kind of in a desert, kind of bloody, okay. um, yeah, revenge film like that, which is weird. Same studio, Neon. Yeah, we played that last year as well. Well, I'm still into it, even though, you know, I wasn't yeah. fond of that. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so um, if that means anything to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up for debate, I, yeah. I think there's merit to Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Sure. Um, no, you guys always play the best films. I, I, I frequent the cinema a lot. Um, yeah, you've seen me. I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm, how almost, I'm always there. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> how I got you on the show, um, coming out of uh, all the Oscar nominated shorts. But yeah, no, I, I really enjoy your guys, you know, the programming that you do. Um, I believe, uh, you know, last year you had uh, this really great print of uh, Ghost in the Shell. Not the, not the bad Scarlett Johansson movie, but the animated film. Yeah, that looked amazing. On the screen. Yeah, that was one of our top ten finishers last year. Ghost in the Shell did an incredible. It was sold out. I played the trailer for the remake of Ghost in the Shell before the film just oh. to see what the audience would do. I liked it. Oh, yeah. 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 oh that's great. I, I don't remember what was the reaction. Um, well, actually, um, not what I thought it would be. There was like some 
cheers and right. some mixed stuff, and then the people who didn't like it didn't boo. They just didn't say anything. Right. So, yeah. You know, oddly enough, I kind of get that, because, like, it, it's, a, it's a property that people recognize, and, I, I mean, that's why people reboot stuff so much nowadays. You know, it's like, I recognize that. I want to see that again through new eyes. And so, regardless of whether or not how many of them turn out to be good, like, I, I get it. <laughs> You know, right. uh, do you want to plug uh, anything, Frida? Yeah, well, our Instagram is at the Frida Cinema. Um, of course, <laughs> uh, no one had taken that weirdly. And then um, www.thefridacinema.org is where you can find all of our show times, what's coming up. We have a new blog section where we have a lot of our. Um, we're a nonprofit. That's very important for me to plug. And we have like you know 90% of our core that works there are volunteers mm -hmm. so we actually have a lot of them writing blog posts like every like they're kind of generating content for us because a lot of the people who work there aren't just high school kids that need hours they're people who love movies and want to be there so they're constantly you know generating content for our blog that's brand new so yeah no I mean you know it has such a uh, cool atmosphere to it it's kind of like DOC New Beverly Oh well, that's the that's the goal, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's I, the, I feel like that. That's the mecca. So yeah, yeah that's a huge compliment. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, Gene plugs really quick. Oh, um, anything coming out recently? Yeah, just anything you want to plug. Oh, okay, so I, I finally got a DVD of uh, the last Asylum film I worked on as an assistant editor. What's it called? It's, it's called Geo Disaster, and it's better than Geostorm. And uh, yeah, I finally dropped by the office to get a DVD. I'm showing it to the camera right now um, for the video segment of the podcast. And I'm wearing sunglasses because I just got my eyes dilated. I'm just, I want to do like a French New Wave look. <laughs> no, no, you're all, uh, you're Jean Luc Godard. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it was, I worked on this like last year. It's directed by Thunder Levin, who wrote all the Sharknado films. It was fun to work with. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like a mockbuster of Geostorm, um, which I don't know. Did you see it? I did see Geostorm. Yeah. Did you like it? I liked it a lot. Well, it's it's it. it's it's not great, but it's my kind of movie. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a fun B movie. You know, yeah. It's just a family. I I like I like garbage. <laughs> I mean that as a compliment. Okay. Uh, I can't say that in my beard, but you know. Um, but yeah, no, uh, definitely check it out. You can get on Amazon and. I don't know, streaming somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's streaming wherever movies are streaming. So yeah. you should go watch Gene's Masterful Work. What's the tagline? Oh, the tagline is, <laughs> welcome to Armageddon. Okay. Simple, straight to the point, yeah. can't get better than that. Welcome yeah. to Deep Impact. Yeah, it's a hell of a cover. Do you have anything to do with the cover? No, I don't know the graphic artist who ah, does okay. all their stuff, but yeah, definitely check it out. Simple, straight to the point, can't beat that. Uh, and moving on to movie news, you have another little tidbit of information that you were a part of, Gene. Uh, Not creatively, but you experienced... No? I can't talk about that. Oh, you can't talk about that? I'm talking about the Ready Player One experience. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. no it was not. Okay. Yeah, no, no, we're talking about that. Later. That was not even uh, in my mind. Yeah, sorry, I'll tell you about that. Um, uh, yeah, later, you yeah. can. The Ready Player One experience. Um, yeah, it was on Hollywood and Vine. Um, I believe it closed on April 1st. But it was a fun experience. It was, uh, you know, something cool to do for free. Um, you know, I've I filmed some stuff, so probably cut away to that. But it was, um, you know, inspired by the uh, inspired by the movie. Um, you know, it had a lot of uh, like uh, some of the sets Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah, it did have Easter eggs. I hear that word a lot. Yeah, but no, it was cool because it had like the sets from the film, so like where the character was, the stacks, and like some of the production design work. They just like shipped it out there. Um, 
and you know you walk through you have to find like three keys throughout like mazes and stuff so it's kind of like kind of like a Disneyland attraction thing but a little more hands-on um, I did wish that it incorporated more VR in it because a movie about VR doesn't have an attraction that has any which doesn't really that, make sense that but, is interesting but yeah. I mean you know it was it was for free I, I gotta see it and you know you gotta you know look at just this uh, you know pretty good production design but it is an attraction I mean I had I had an okay time um, but I wish they kind of made it more interactive you know one section like people have to jump to get a key to uh, cross like something and you know I guess that's okay but um, yeah was, was it like was it like across buildings or did they just like jump no like like you know like jump like across a dance floor that was it like a flat dance yeah, floor? Yeah, just a flat dance floor. Oh, okay. It's not, yeah, wasn't that impressive, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, a big attraction guy. I like Disneyland, uh, a lot of attractions there, stuff like that. It's like, me and Kirk, we often visit the park, or uh, other host, who's not here right now. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, I wasn't terribly impressed. I mean, yeah, it was what it was. I, I, I actually have a soft spot for those sort of things. I know we got to move on, but, like... Last year I didn't go to Comic Con, and they had Blade Runner and Alien stuff, and like people know who listen that that is extremely my oh, yeah. shit. Mm-hmm, and yeah. so I'm like, okay, yeah, the the year I decided not to go <laughs> after the year I, I went for the first time, like that that one hurt a little bit. Yeah, the um, the cool thing was for the Ray Player one, I like RSVP'd, so I didn't have to wait in line. Oh, that is cool. That nice. Yeah. Speaking the, of waiting, I'm sorry, I have to I have to move on. But speaking of waiting, New Mutants, Dark Phoenix, we just got to talk some movies usually quick. Okay. We're gonna wait a little longer for those, Gene. Yeah, wait like a whole year. Uh, <laughs> from the original date from New Mutants was supposed to come out like two weeks from now, and then it got moved back till next year, a whole other year, because they're gonna add a character, make some reshoots, uh, and like a subplot. Yeah, but here, here's the, the entire thing. Yeah, here's here's the, the interesting thing about that for me, because I don't, I don't like going too far back behind, like oh, see how the the meat is made and whatnot. Um, Whatever happened behind the scenes with the director in the studio and be like, we want the movie to be like this. And the director was like, I wanted it to be like this. And he, he was playing ball. Yeah. And I guess for like the first big public thing is that the studio was like, no, you're right. It should have been this way. <laughs> so we're going to let you take charge of the reshoots and take your time. So now they push it back even further. Okay. But because they recognize they were pushing the wrong direction. Yeah. And I think that is cool. Because yeah, I was, was really looking forward to New Mutants, because mm-hmm. I like horror movies, and yeah. I like X-Men, so that interested me a lot. Reshoots now are not quite what they used to be. Like, when you heard reshoots, it used to always be bad news, you know, and then, but there are still, you know, plenty of examples of bad news, Suicide Squad, <laughs> stuff like that, but, right. I mean, it depends on what you thought of Suicide Squad, I suppose, but, um, <laughs> so, you oh, know, we had thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Rogue One uh, had some reshoots, and that went really well. Apparently that movie, that's a new thing I heard, but apparently that movie was a huge disaster before reshoots. And then, But then there's like reshoots in like Fantastic Four. So we'll get to that. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, like, I mean, that's just like, uh, we, we've talked about it a couple times on the show, like, yeah, reshoots, every movie goes through reshoots. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes just like, oh, this would be a little tighter over here. Maybe add a little bit more of this to flesh this out. Like, it's, it's not inherently bad, mm-hmm. but, you know, there have been some very bad situations, and so that's kind of unfortunate. But hopefully this this one turns out good because I really yeah. like because yeah this. reshoots reshoots aren't that much of a thing you know everyone really gets them but it's kind of dependent on the how the film is before it goes into that yeah like like Dark Phoenix I 
I have. I, I don't know if there's any human being on the planet who's excited for another yeah. mainline X Men movie. Yeah. Like you know, Deadpool, Logan, like all these ones are that are doing different things. Those are getting like way more praise and way more like credibility from audiences. So like, why are you doing this yeah. same thing? I don't. I don't fully understand. I don't know. Trevor, what are your thoughts on the next one? Well, I mean, you said Logan. That was in my was top ten of last year. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, some people liked it. I loved it. You know, um, I dragged my girlfriend to it. She liked it. So like, there's some mass appeal on that film of going dark and stuff. Deadpool, not really a huge uh, fan of the first one, but I will go see the second one. So yeah. same, same board. Yeah, like yeah. I don't like the character Deadpool, and I was not looking forward to the movie at all. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm probably never gonna watch it again. But mm-hmm. I didn't think it was terrible. Yeah, I don't, I don't I think it was like, terrible yeah, at all. Was, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and so maybe maybe just stick to that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess because the whole Marvel Disney Fox buyout thing, there's probably gonna be another Fantastic Four movie in, so. in the near future. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Marvel seems to have a pretty good track record. So like, even if I don't love all their stuff, you know, like uh, they've never done anything that's outright like full on terrible. Right. But you know, I, I'd, I'd want to see a Fantastic Four film done by like Kevin Feige. Because it's like, and can you believe, like, out of the three films, or excuse me, there's three, four, no, there's four films that they've done of Fantastic Four, the best oh. Roger Corman one. Yeah, the first one. <laughs> no, Roger Whoa, Corman I forgot. Yeah. I, yeah, I forgot there was a sequel to the, it was, uh, yeah, to the, the other one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, okay, yeah, the Roger Corman one. If you haven't seen it, it pro- it's on YouTube. It, it's yeah. not the, it's just out there. It? I am not, no. Yeah, it's, no. it's surprisingly, like... It's like very it. watchable. Very watchable. It's, it's not like it's goofy. It is sincere. Well, it's it's poorly made. That's the, that's the big downfall, sure. honestly. But uh, yeah, they all are. <laughs> so by default, that one's probably got to be the best. Yeah, you're, yeah. Great, you're great on a curve. This is this is a C plus. Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I'd really hope Marvel takes over some of the properties because with Fox, it's like hit or miss. It's most some of their films. They also have like all these weird alien characters <laughs> that like you never see. Yeah. And uh, like Guardians has done fine without it, and like Thor is doing better now. And it's like you you could show so much more. You know they have like Galactus, who's like the weirdest, cool Jack Kirby character ever, and they're not doing anything with them. And so it's like just dude, just give them back. You're not you're not using them. They almost traded them. Yeah, and like Dark Phoenix is supposed to be in like space stuff. And it's like we know you're not going to spend that much time there. Just just give yeah, him, give him I, back. I can't imagine like a Fox production. With, do do uh, more Logans. Do yeah. more do more Deadpools. Whatever you know. Just yeah. Do do different things. Don't do everything else that everyone else is doing. Do your own thing. You have enough material for it. How long? How far along is the Fantastic Four thing? Do they have a director or? Is it oh no like, no no. Oh, it's, okay. it's where is this just like we? It's kind of like a, an unspoken thing. Like mm-hmm. you, we know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. In, oh okay. You well, know like yeah. you kind of. You're seeing the signs like yeah. launching the comic, which they had. Yeah. You know, under hiatus for like three years. Right. That was the big thing for me. I was like, oh, whenever they do a movie, they're like, we're bringing Ant-Man back to the comics. Like, yeah. okay, there's an Ant-Man movie. Ant-Man Guardians of the Galaxy is coming back. Oh, you're doing Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Who would you want to direct it if you could pick a director? Oh, uh, Brad Bird. Yeah, no, I was going to say that. Brad Bird, for sure. Well, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, with the incredible Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Oh, yeah. All right. I like that. Or uh, actually, I don't know how well he'd do into the Marvel thing, but J.J. Abrams? Yeah. I like his I like his energy. He could yeah, yeah. he could definitely do a fantastic. These are like the most boring fan casting choices, but yeah, I, yeah. I genuinely think they'd yeah. be very good for this. I, yeah. Yeah. Brad Bird was good. I like that. JJ Abrams will do fine under the Disney envelope anyway, you know, with the Star Wars and stuff. Okay. But um I don't know. Uh, who would be like who would be like a who would be like a Taika Waititi or like an Edgar Wright <laughs> oh, wild card, you know? Uh Rick Famuyua. He was gonna do the Flash. He did oh, Dope yeah. in twenty fifteen. Okay. Which I like is that a movie. dope movie, yeah. 
uh, and then DC like nudged him off because they're like, we want you to do the Flash movie this way, and he was like, yeah. no. <laughs> and so um, yeah. he he cut ties, and then I, I think that'd be great if he if he uh, yeah. got the opportunity to do whatever he wanted to next. You know? Give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. But uh, moving on, now let's, let's get to the real topics of the day. Um, just a little bit more uh, history of Frida Cinema, actually. Uh, any favorite screenings recently that that you're quite proud of? You mentioned like a Ghost in the Shell one. Um, well, yeah, you, you you said that um, Alien and Blade Runner were your shit. We did release Scott Month last month. That was literally last month. We played Alien. Um, we played Blade Runner. We played um, the last movie we added on quite late, but it was Legend. That was our third Red really? Scott oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Which was like, I could have played Thelma and Luis. We could have done, you know, Gladiator or whatever. Black Rain. Yeah, any, yeah. I was like, what can I get people in here? Because I only had like two days to advertise it. Or yeah. we only had, I don't do the advertising, but um, I was like, Legend, and then we um, the Universal was like, oh, we can only give you the director's cut, the one without the Tangerine Dream soundtrack, which you know oh, caused some divisive stuff. Yeah. But uh, Ridley Scott does not want you to see the Tangerine Dream version. Really? Yeah, he wants obviously people to see his director's cut. So okay. he's a big director's cut guy. He's, <laughs> yeah, I know. He's seen Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah, and it's like uh, I think that's interesting about him because he's he apparently works so well with studios that. They're just like, yeah, dude, here's your director's cut. Do it for whatever he wants, except for like Prometheus, which is like <laughs> odd to me because there's clearly like half an hour taken out of that. But yeah, I, I, I'm uh, I, I love Ridley Scott, mm. but I, I, I question him a lot too. Yeah, I, I'm not a big Ridley Scott fan, but um, I, I mean, you'll notice that I the bookings were from 1979, 1982, and 1985, so I didn't go anywhere <laughs> past that, you know. No counselor, movies for 40 years, five, 50 years almost. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the director's cut of Alien was actually a minute. Shorter than the regular cut of Alien, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, um, I didn't it, know that. I, I just, I've seen both versions multiple times. What is taken out? <laughs> so there's a lot of slow panning in the film across the spaceship, which is beautiful. But there's like six occasions where he'll cut a shot like ten seconds earlier, fifteen yeah. seconds <laughs> early, you know, and then he adds in a scene at the end with uh, the Dallas character. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the Ripley finds them all right. cooned up. That's yeah. the only scene added, and then everything else is taken away. Mm. So. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Odd fellow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can kind of see that, like, pacing-wise, you wanted it to move faster. It yeah. helps. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I feel like, kind of, with the music in Alien, it's, it, and, like, the slow panning, it's like 2001, or mm -hmm. yeah. a little too much at times, but, yeah, how is it... Um, so how how do you guys um, like acquire the uh, the prints and everything? Can you talk a little bit that, about that? Yeah, it's not um, super exciting. It's like an email sent to a distributor, not necessarily the studio. You know, mm -hmm. if you're talking about a Disney movie or something like that, you're talking to Buena Vista. You're not talking to Disney. So you and, and then sometimes if you're talking to like A24, like a smaller indie company, you are talking to A24. Mm -hmm. um, then like and then within like a company like Sony, there's like a Sony Pictures and there's Sony Repertory. And a lot so if it's like an older movie then you talk to Sony Repertory and then you just you know um, there's contracts hashed out they're relatively the same almost every time and then a percentage plus a you know it, I don't really like to talk about the business part oh, of it yeah. but um, it's um, it is a long process for mm -hmm. sure so that's why when people are like I get a lot of the programming done through just we're a community theater so people tell me what they want to see and I'll play it like I said like I happen to love Alien and Blade Runner, but people wanted Ridley Scott month. I was like, let's do it for the Scott month then, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's basically how I do the programming. Okay. Uh, is there anything you'd like to see screened, like, in the future? Yeah, what's on your wish list? Oh, man. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. 
I have like a list of ten movies that I would like to see. That my favorite movie of all time is Jaws. We've never played Jaws, mm. oh, okay. <laughs> wow. which is crazy. We've been up on almost. We've been up in four years. Yeah. Um, Apocalypse Now has not played there, which is another one of my favorite movies. Uh, but then I keep my eye on like I want to play like um, Argento's Deep Red has a four K restoration right I now. I haven't seen Deep Red. Yeah, because um, well, we so we played Suspiria and that was one of my favorite things we've ever done, <laughs> and it was beautiful. Yeah. But I think Deep Red's maybe a better film, like overall, just story-wise and all that. So uh, I think that people will go crazy for that when we play that as well. I mean, I have a whole, dude, I have a whole list. <laughs> yeah, right? Just like um, yeah. fantasy football. With for sure, yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's not always, again, it's not always what I like or what uh, the executive director, Logan, the founder of the um, Frida Cinema, him and I work very closely on programming. And we don't just program movies we like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just, it, that would be kind of like a, a vanity theater. Uh, right. And we probably play a lot of movies that people won't show up to because you have to find the balance between like, oh, we'll play this art, we'll take a hit on this movie, mm -hmm. you know, this whatever Tarkovsky movie, whatever it is. <laughs> you, you um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we played Stalker last year and it did well. You know, right now we're literally tonight and for the next week we're playing Sacrifice, The Sacrifice. So um, eventually Solaris will be. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. Gonna have to make room for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, all the programming, you know, because I, I, I follow the Instagram, I follow the, you know, Facebook, and I'm always, like, looking at it, and, you know, it's just, you know, like, always wild by how, was it, the, kind of the gems that you get, like, um, you know, just, like, stuff, or, you know, it's stuff I really like, or it's, like, stuff, like, oh, man, I, I can find that, like, on streaming, or, you know, like, uh, Fantastic Planet last year. Saw for the first time there. Yeah, that was part of our Friday Night Freakout series, mm -hmm. uh, which is every Friday at 11 p.m. We play something weird or cult, you know? Yeah. And um, that was a relatively early one, and there were some people who showed up for that, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. I, I mean, I was one. <laughs> no, there was a good amount yeah. who showed up for it, and I was really happy about that. So yeah. that's a weird one. That movie's weird. Yeah. yeah. So, like, some of, like, say, uh, the cult films, do you do you feel like it's it's more risk, or excuse me, less risk to take? With like a like a, like a guaranteed cult like Rocky Horror, or like a like a Fantastic Planet. Well, the only guarantees we do every month are the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's every second Friday of the month, and every last Saturday we do the Room now. Oh, okay. Uh, and that well has not dried up. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps adding. Oh, they, neither of them have. I mean, people show up every month for those movies, but I love. I think Friday night at eleven p.m. is the time to play cult, cult, cult. Whether it's like Southland Tales. Yes! Yeah. Where it's like, we just played that, and it's like, is anyone going to show up at Southland Tales? Like, who cares? Because if we'll play, we're playing Mary Poppins this weekend. Mm. So, you know, it's like, if Southland Tales doesn't work out, we have Mary Poppins. And then we have E.T. next week, you know what I mean? So, um, but then there's like the cult ones that really work out, like Hasu or Fantastic Planet or any horror movie. Right. <laughs> Literally any horror movie. What about, uh, I think, El Tobo, yes, in like two years? Yeah, Jodorowsky. Yeah. We played that twice since I've been there. I've been there for two years. Um, we did a, we did a, no, the other series besides the Friday Night Freakouts is our director series one month. It was August of last year. We did Hitchcock as our main director, and then on Fridays and Saturdays we did uh, Jodorowsky. So oh. El Topo, Santa Sangre, Holy Mountain, um, Holy Mountain of course, yes. Yeah. And then um, his new movie, Endless Poetry, which uh, people really liked as well. So. What do you think it is about horror? I can't even have this question, question written down, but what do you think it is about horror that keeps like bringing people to that? Because I noticed that too. Like it, It's a... It's a communal experience always, whether the audience is laughing at it because they don't think it's that good, or screaming in terror together and then being like, oh shit, you know? Yeah, um, well, I mean, I don't know if this gives away when this is recorded, if you guys care or not, but I'm seeing A Quiet Place tonight on opening night, mm -hmm. and I'm specifically going to a packed movie theater to see it, 
because I want to see the crowd's reaction to such a film, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, but at our place, um, it's not so much encouraged at 11 p.m. on Friday nights to be interactive with the movie. You know, if it's like Rosemary's Baby, you don't talk during Rosemary's oh, Baby. Oh, fuck no, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but if it's Friday the 13th Part 2, have at it. Yeah. Honestly, like, go for it. And people really like that, you know? Um, a movie I just referenced, Hasu, the Japanese film Hasu House. Mm-hmm. which is basically just a Japanese uh, commercial <laughs> in a horror form, just like one of the craziest movies ever made. I, I just saw that recently. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you haven't yeah. seen that and you listen to this, watch it. Get yeah. the Criterion, lose yeah. your fucking mind. So. Yeah, The Holy Mountain and Hasu were the first two movies uh, of the Friday Night Freakout ever, the series, two years ago when it was started. And they just double featured? Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, they were like back-to-back Fridays. Gotcha. Um, that would be a crazy double feature. Yeah, but, it's like um, a good trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but those kind of opened my mind to be like, whoa, people are like really wanting this type of movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're not the same type of movie, yeah. but they're definitely along the weird curve, so. They, they want something different, you know? Yeah, every, like you can't, like you should for how, Southland Tales, whether or not people showed up for Southland <laughs> Tales, like you can't watch Southland Tales anymore. Um, like the Whittier Village Theater here is not going to play Southland Tales, <laughs> yeah. so. Um, yeah, I just I try to put stuff on the big screen. Like the Great Silence is a spaghetti western that just got a 4K restoration, and I really want to play that because like that's not gonna play anywhere, especially in Orange County. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like um, you know, especially I feel like um, you know, obviously New Beverly is under renovation. You know, there aren't too many like art house theaters just uh, around you know our our general vicinity too. So yeah, definitely definitely not around here. Yep. Yeah, with the New Beverly completely shut down for, it's been over three months now, and no one has answered what's going on there. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they said renovation, Yeah, but, I mean... I've been skeptical from day one on that. I don't know what's going on there, but three months of shutting that theater down is pretty odd to me. So yeah. we'll see how that turns I mean, out. Yeah, I'm hoping for the best. And then yeah. Sin Family's gone, so, and it'll yeah. be kind of resurrected soon. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no real... Uh, options in Orange County certainly, but you can go up to LA. The, I, I just saw American Cinematheque is playing um, that Revenge movie I was talking about. Oh, that's right. But on the same night they're playing Mad Max Fury Road, Aliens, oh, and The that. Descent. Mm-hmm. That's like a badass, that's uh, crazy, yeah. you know, girl thing. It was. I mean, I was like, that's awesome. That is perfect <laughs> programming to me. But we played those movies all recently, so you know, of course, and we wouldn't just copy programming. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's a little off topic, but uh, you recently had uh, Greg C- uh, Cicero yes. out there. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, Greg's awesome. He came out to kind of promote his, uh, it was literally like two days before the Oscars, which in which his uh, adapted screenplay, he didn't write the screenplay, but it was adapted from his book, was nominated for an Oscar, so mm-hmm. it was cool for him to come out. And um, he was playing his new movie, Best Friends. Um, have yeah. you seen it? I have. I saw it like a week ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Did you? It was, it was interesting. Should we talk on mic about it or? Uh, yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, yes, go ahead. Uh, Greg's the best. He was really cool. I did not like that movie at all. <laughs> I, I, it's the only movie I've ever walked out of. Yeah. Um, oh, you yeah. walked out? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I had a bad crowd too, though. Yeah. yeah. Was it like, were they like room fans and they were like confused or? Well, the first time Tommy spoke on screen, everyone cracked up. I was like, this could be good. And the movie to me was just kind of boring. Yeah, you know, I, I compare it to like it's like it reminds me of like it's an like it's an art house film. It just happens to have the actors from the room in it, you know. Yeah, like it was just kind of. No, like, as someone who hasn't seen it, yet, that sounds amazing. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it, yeah, and there's like some footage that was obviously shot on an iPhone where they didn't want to get permits, mm. you know, <laughs> and then like the format would change. Then it would go back to normal when they were like shooting like Tommy at the the morgue or whatever. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I felt Tommy did like a. 
reasonably well job, like, you know, for, like, this, like, weird film, he, he really fit. Yeah, and that was another thing that worked, Did, didn't really, he's, he's gotten a little better as an actor, and yeah. I would just rather watch him deliver his own material than someone else's writing dialogue for Tommy Wiseau. I don't know, it's just, it just, they didn't, the director, like, would just roll the camera and let him improv. Oh, okay. There's plenty of scenes where, like, uh, I walked out during the scene when he was talking to um, Greg's character's girlfriend, in the, in the, there's like a scene in the alley. Oh yeah. And I walked out there because it was like a 10 minute scene. I don't know why it was so long and it was just Tommy improving with the actress and Greg is like on camera like, like what is going on? You know? <laughs> and I was like, the director needs to like rein him in, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, it was, it was really, yeah, very risky, very experimental. Um, yeah. You know what I didn't get, like, so like his girlfriend was in Pleasanton or like she's up north, but they live in LA. Oh yeah. Did you notice that? <laughs> no, no. I, there was a lot of like, um, oh, they're in this part of LA now, and then they're in this part of LA. And I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Logistically, the film didn't make a lot of sense either. On top of just like, I just wasn't. I didn't. It didn't work at all for me. Yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. So it's very uh, yeah. decisive. But yeah, um, yeah. How did you guys get great in the? Uh, um. So yeah, he, he's aware that we sell out our room screenings every month, and there's obviously a built-in audience for Greg Sestero at the Frida Cinema, of course. And that was sold out, and it was great. He brought up a bunch of people um, from the crowd, and they all read, like, um, scenes from the original, the room script. Oh, Tommy's, um, like, unedited. Yeah, he kind of just takes a backseat. He's just super cool. Like, he just lets people have at it and have fun, and he just kind of took a backseat to it all, and then he would read excerpts from his you know, uh, new book and all that. So, um, he was, yeah, he was awesome, man. I, that's why I feel bad saying that. I didn't like that. Well, I mean, you know, it was yeah. just objective. Yeah. Yeah, uh, was it, you guys also had like um, I don't know if this was before your um, you know some of the programming, but uh, like Bobcat Gold. Yeah, that was well before I was there. Oh, okay. yeah, definitely like Bobcat came out. I'm, I'm not quite sure what movie it was for, but my uh, um, but yeah, he was there. I've seen pictures of that, but uh, that was before I even knew what an art house cinema was. Yeah, yeah. So, any other uh, cool guests you had on um, that you got out to the theater? Oh man, that's um, I. Can't think of any right now. Oh, Penelope Spears was just there. Um, oh, that's yeah, right. she didn't. She wasn't there with Wayne's World, but she was okay. there with Decline of Western Civilization one, two, and three, as well as her kind of cult movie uh, Dudes. I don't know if you ever saw. I've never seen that. Yeah, she was rad. She was really rad. I mean, that's just the two people we had this month: Penelope Spears and Greg Sestero. We're just this little theater in Orange County, mm -hmm. so um, yeah, definitely. I'm hoping we're making a name for ourselves, and people will want to keep coming to us. So, yeah. what do you think people could do to help support art house theaters? Oh, well, I think that art house theaters are going to keep, you know, getting better in terms of, like, I don't know, I think that the big theaters are the ones that need to worry, uh, mm -hmm. even though with the, you know, movie pass is kind of helping all, all of yeah, us right now. Yeah, more people in the audience but, um, in the theaters. So. I think people who go to art house, you know, they'll always be going to art houses. I don't mean to speak like, oh, we'll be fun forever, but um, I, I think that, I don't know, it's kind of a... Uh, when I go to an art house, of course, I'll throw $5 in a donation bin or whatever, but that's just because I understand logistically that that $5 really helps that theater. I would just say that if you go to an art house theater, like, I don't know, how do I say this about, because I work in an art house theater, I suppose. I'd just be like, yeah. hey, you know I what? Just, just speak your mind. Yeah, it's first. like, you know what? Drop a $10 bill on that donation. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, buy no. a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, rep rep the art house. Like, if you love this art house you go to, and we have a lot of people who really love the Frida, and I see them out in the wild, and I see them with their, uh, you know, I go to a John Carpenter concert, and I see 10 people who I know from the Frida cinema, and they all have their Frida shirts on. I'm like, that's super rad. Like, that's how you, you know, spread the word. 
if I'm out and I see someone who has like this blah 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 cinema, I'm like, where's that cinema at? You know, and be, you know a lot of times it's oh, it's in Nashville or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, well maybe I won't ever go there, but. Um, I would just like rep the theater if if it's like your home away from home, which to a lot of people at the Frida it is. I don't know, like put on for your cinema, I guess. I don't know what else to say about that. I'm not I'm not gonna be like yeah, give us money because that's like the obvious way to help right. our else theater, right? Like, a nonprofit. Yeah, like promote it. Yeah. Like take a photo of the marquee. It's yeah. just super easy to like hashtag the Frida Cinema, um, and we don't push that quite enough because it feels kind of corny for us because we're too attached to it. But mm -hmm. we have people who are like being like. Hey, help this theater, and they say it for us, which I think is really cool. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, I just want to thank you so much for that because uh, I, I think there's a, a very on, on a more negative side for the, the bigger theaters. Yeah, prices I think are are the big thing kind of hurting them right now. I mean, they're talking about like, well, you know, if we had like texting theaters and texting sections, it's like, who, it's like it's what? Off in the yeah, like what, direction. what the fuck? It's, it's like I need to change the oil in my car, so I'm gonna. Replace the entire engine, you know. It's like no, that's not, that's yeah. not how, how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Because I was gonna say, like, you know, it's, you know, I think in uh, there's one theater in Pico Rivera um, that's a Sinopolis where it has like a playground in the theater. I don't know if you've if you mm -hmm. heard of that. Yeah, no, I've seen that quite another one in Pico Rivera. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of it. I haven't <laughs> been there in a long time. Like you see fuck what? There's like a kids playground in like the middle of the. In the lobby. No, in like in a, in the movie theater, like in one of the one of the rooms. Right. Yeah. If you if you go there, like in the Sinopolis and Pico. Well, I don't want to go there now. Yeah. There's like one theater where it's like, well, your kids will play while you're while we're watching this movie, and it's like, well, they're in the dark, they could fall, they yeah. could get injured. Yeah. That's not a very smart idea. But yeah, I just I don't get like a lot of these theaters where it's just like, um, let's have like bigger chairs or like, yeah. you know, you could text in this show. It's like. But yeah, you know, like, well, but, okay, bigger chairs to be fair. I totally yeah, get it. Okay, like right. when the AMC started implementing those new chairs, it's like, nice all right, those are yeah. nice chairs. I can can beat my feet. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. yeah. You know, I feel like to kind of like promote your figure more, you need to like preserve the experience. Like um, New Beverly, like if you're texting, they kick you out. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I don't know if I would go that far, but like, you know, um, we have. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't have that problem though. For yeah. some reason, I feel like people who come to our house is kind of get it you know mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I'm, I'm these bigger theaters are feeling the pressure to have to cater to these people who are like it's either they come to our theater or they're gonna stay home tonight and it's like for our theater it's not like that of course we're playing what's it i don't know name a movie i, could, I literally just start talking we're playing donnie darko we're playing star soccer tonight and you know you could stream those if you want but um you wouldn't be seen with people yeah yeah, yeah I, I think the experience for sure yeah because yeah. that's the thing i think you have to sell the experience like mm -hmm. if you sell anything else like like playgrounds you're texting then you're not selling like selling your product right yeah you're not selling the movie you're selling the idea of leaving the house yeah which is really odd to me but <laughs> yeah you could leave the house and do yeah. anything yeah and like yeah. it's um it's not i think there's like a misconception for like a lot of uh like other theaters that aren't like amc or like the, the big chains where it's like, oh, it's kind of snooty, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's just like for the, the oh, film critiques yeah. and whatever. So it's like, no, they're just, this is all just because people love movies and they want to, like, experience right. it, you know? Yeah. Like, talking during, uh, not talking during a movie shouldn't be, like, a serious point of debate. Like, it, there's a movie going on, just, just don't talk. Yeah, if you want to talk, weird. go talk and don't watch the movie. That's fine, yeah. you know? There are some chains that do it really well and there's some chains that don't do it really well. I just mean the overall experience. 
I like some chains. I like Edwards. I like there's a thing called Starlight Cinemas in LFC, and they do a really good job too. I believe that could be the same company as uh, yeah, Starlight. Also runs the uh, Woody, Woody Village. Yeah. Well, well, what do you know? That's, yeah. all, that's why I really I, I was <laughs> talking about a very reliable feeder in Anaheim, and that they're owned by Starlight. So I'm really? not surprised that Woody is owned by Starlight. What about um, ArcLight? ArcLight is, I mean. Uh, I, I like the Arclight Dome. Okay. But, like if I'm going to a movie in the Dome, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm not, come on, I'm not gonna pay twenty dollars to see a movie not in the Dome. Right. So Arclight is whatever. It's okay. fine. I like to go to Amoeba and go to Arclight. Mm -hmm. uh, Landmark, no, uh, I'm not really a big fan of Landmark, but I just heard that they're accepting Movie Pass now, mm. which means that I at least respect their like getting with it. You know. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but. So some some you know places do it the right way in terms of chains, and some places don't. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just obviously, the of, mm -hmm. you know the oh yeah. So if you're at an AMC and you tell them, hey, you know what, the sound's not very loud, or there's big thick black bars on top and bottom of the screen right now, they they will tell you, well, yeah, that's just how it is. <laughs> you know, that's the, we played at that level and we played in that format, and we will not change it for you. Whereas the Frida, if someone comes out and says, "Hey, it's kind of loud in there. It's kind of not. It's never too loud. It's always yeah. never too loud." <laughs> um, I yeah, you never want to play it too loud. Yeah, um, yeah. I will go, or I or someone who's working there, we'll go change it. Mm -hmm. Like we'll go change it for you to make your theater experience better. And it's like, hey, the, it's kind of the format's a little off. And I'm like, cool. I'll go make it perfect. And you don't get that anywhere else. Yeah. Even at the good chains. Oh yeah, like AMC. I think last year I saw Alien Covenant, and the sound mix was off, and there was like this little, like boop sound, like <laughs> like every minute. Oh like, no. Every, oh, like what? kept hearing this like, like one of the speakers was off, and it kept like this weird vibration, hmm. and it was in the front, so it's just like. And I had to tell them, like, twice, can you, can you fix that? Yeah. And yeah. Maybe that's, that's why I don't like Covenant as much. Yeah, yeah gotta rewatch it, man. Yeah. I, I'm still pro Covenant. I think I'm the only one, though. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, again, it you know, goes back to you're selling the experience, and, you know, if you're not going to make it quality, then, you know, why, why even sell it to people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of eating during movies? Do you guys like any preference to snacks? Uh, like popcorn? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I don't mind like like food. It's just like uh, I was gonna say churros. Now we're gonna go to a word from our sponsor. What are you uh, chewing loudly into the microphone? Oh, I'm eating a churro from the grocery store. Seems very oddly proud of choice. Shut up. I love this new sponsor. Here's the churro company. Definitely the best churros in SoCal. Yeah, they make all their ingredients homegrown. Oh, we, we're not paid to say this. If you want to find them, go ahead and find them at Grizzly Churros on their social media up the do down below. And we're back. Wasn't that great? Yum. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't think it was great, you should go eat them anyways, because you're wrong. But anyways, we're back, and we're going to wind down the episode now, uh, just to highlight some more independent art house stuff. We're going to talk about some of our favorites from recent years, or just way back when, just whatever you want, what's deep in your heart, your movie-loving hearts. Trevor, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Favorite independent films? Yes. Like, just full, okay. I mean, I, I had three 
And I know it's, I know, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 go ahead. What if I have, like, a list of ten? No, um, <laughs> I think independent film in, in the horror genre is pretty great. It's always been the thing that's kind of crafted the genre of horror. So I have Night of the Living Dead, super independent, super iconic, very, you know, literally started the zombie genre, essentially. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh, yeah. of course, kind of changed. Not found footage, you know what I mean? Because it's not a found footage movie, but it, it may as well be kind of the thing that started found footage because it feels so real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like little nuances, like. Yeah. Yeah. You could feel the heat. Right. Of, it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the southern. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not like an entirely nuanced film. There's a guy running <laughs> yeah. around with a chainsaw. But yeah. It, it, but it maybe had started that trend of like, you know, I mean, we see movies like that all the time now. And then the third one is. An actual found footage movie is a Blair Witch, which was mm-hmm. very independent and made a ton of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the most, like, successful, yeah. like, budgeted film. Yeah, whether you like these movies or not, they're just insanely influential oh, and completely independent, all of them. So, yeah, yeah. those are my answers. Gee, go ahead. I'm going to pick, like, I have, like, you know, there's no, like, stringing, uh, string quality, or excuse me, that strings all these together. Okay. I'll just pick randomly. All right. But, uh, yeah, they're just kind of based on, uh, what, you know, that I saw in, like, an independent theater, an independent film, but I would go with, um, like, I saw it at, uh, Frida El Topo, of course, that was my first Jodorowsky movie, and that, you know, that's just so wild and out there, and also, it's, uh, you know, uh, apparently it ins- inspired, uh, some of the Metal Gear video games. Really? Yeah, in terms huh. of like each of the villains, the character encounters, like the, is like a boss battle. Oh, that's, yeah, that, wow, I've never viewed that film through that scope, that's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of, I, I find that quality very, uh, very cool about it, it's like a video game movie before video games. Mm. And yeah, I saw that Frida Cinema two years ago, so that was a very fun experience. Uh, Dark Star, the first film oh, by yeah. John Carpenter, we my, saw at New Beverly. My favorite director. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. But God, no, it's it's, it's crazy because it's like he started in like comedy sci-fi, and mm-hmm. you know he did this like as a student, I believe. Yeah. yeah. At USC or UCLA. Yeah. One of those. Well, I mean, to be fair, like a lot of his movies have like a abiding satire to them, you know. Of course. Like yeah. they're, they're, the thing is like the only one that's not flat out hilarious, and even that has moments where the dude's like, "Oh, you gotta be fucking yeah, kidding!" Yeah, that's one hilarious. of those lines of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. That's a yeah. top. That's a top five film for me. The thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, really quick. Favorite Carpenter. Oh, favorite Carpenter movie? Yeah, yeah. the thing. Underrated Carpenter. Um, I, I like the fog. People don't talk about the fog too much. Oh, oh it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's, you know, it's hard to get a good print of it. Honestly, like the Blu-rays oh, okay. that are out, like don't even look good. But um, yeah. it's a it's a cool movie. Cool concept. Good good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. Last one. Oh, man, um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, do you just clarify if this counts? Um, okay. Carnival of Souls. Carnival of Souls totally counts. Okay. You told okay. Thanks for stealing my first one. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it's fine. It's fine. So we'll just we'll just double yeah, down. I saw that in New Beverly. So. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, that, that's that's a great movie. Also, huge inspiration for George Romero recipes yeah. for uh, Night of the Living Dead. So if you haven't seen Carnival of Souls, check that out because that one's great too. Yeah, I named three movies by three dead directors: <laughs> George Romero. Um, Toe Pooper, and then um, I'm assuming the guy who made Blair Witch died because they all died in that movie because it was real. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, for, for my first pick, Daisies is directed by, I never learned how to pronounce her name. She okay. was a, a big member of uh, the European New Wave eras. Mm-hmm. Vera Chitilova. 
I think is her name. So I have to look this movie up. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's available on Criterion with like the whole like uh, Czech New Wave section. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I saw this in high school because I had a friend who was really getting into like that really like what I would consider artsy fartsy back then. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like this is like all my shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I was like, what's this movie? And then I saw it, and it was just like this hyper energetic feminist takedown of the patriarchy. And I was just like, my mind couldn't handle it when I saw it. And I was just like. I walk around the whole day being like, I've never seen a movie like this. I need to, like, latch onto reality again. I, I, I gotta watch Die Hard or something. And it's, it's to this day, still one of my favorite movies. Um, I think Near Dark qualifies as, as independent. Yeah. It, it, was, it was, like, $5 million. They had, like, no money. And they made even less than that, the box office run. Uh, also, no good Blu-ray quality or DVD quality yeah. either. It, yeah. it, it, there's... I, I've never seen it on film, and I'm, I'm dying to. Uh, excellent first... Uh, feature outing from Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. Or the first solo outing. She had a co-director for her early stuff. Yeah. yeah. We'll and do Bigelow uh, month eventually. I've, yes. I've been working on Near Dark. Near Dark. Near Dark for sure. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. When Point Break becomes available, that'll be good. Oh. oh I've never seen. So. Oh, Ooh. Oh, you're in for a treat, my friend. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And see, like that's what I love too. Like I know it's so common to have people be like, "You've never seen this movie." Like I think it's so exciting when people haven't seen like every millions of billions of movies. Yeah, you know, it's like, bound to be one you haven't seen. Yeah, and it's like you, yeah. you get to share that experience. For the first time? That's so cool. Yeah, I'm starting a podcast soon. Uh, that's literally the basis of it, where it's like, oh. I'm supposed to be the movie guy. Okay. Like, I'm supposed to be that guy, right? Yeah. Just, like, I have a list on Letterboxd of 300 films I have not seen. And if I showed you guys a list, you'd go through and be like, you haven't seen The Breakfast Club? Or you haven't <laughs> seen Godfather Part Two? It's like, well, I've seen parts of these movies, but I cannot ever claim I've seen them. So, uh, yeah, I love the idea of someone being like, you haven't seen Jaws, you know? Like, <laughs> Let's watch Jaws. I, that's another thing about programming that I that I love is that I also make short films and stuff like that. I'll plug it up later, but um, I love showing movies to people. The exhibition is like my favorite thing in terms of films. So it's yeah. like when someone walks out of a theater and is like, uh, "Man, I really liked El Topo. That was crazy." I'm like, "Great, cool." I always ask before every yeah. screening how many people have not seen this movie. It's so many hands every time. So it's exciting. How is it like? Uh, just- yeah, just touch base on this like double featuring because you know, you got, you know, you're asking because sometimes you do it where it's like this film where it's like someone's seen and then they haven't, you know, like a really rare, rare film. How is it like kind of uh, trying to craft someone's experience doing that? Oh, with the double feature? Yeah. Oh, playing like an A feature and a B feature? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fun because you can like, let's take like Hitchcock for example, right? You play a Hitchcock movie that you know people will show up to and you know people will like, Psycho, whatever. And then you pick like a B Hitchcock that you don't think people have seen. Frenzy. Like, Frenzy, that's a great movie. It's like a, yeah. They lifted, you know, that was like Hitchcock at his pervious weirdness. <laughs> I haven't seen that one actually. Yeah. So, yeah. You haven't seen Frenzy? <laughs> yeah. uh, um, no, uh, Psycho, and uh, Strangers on a Train, or like um, Rope, or these aren't even that much B really. <laughs> those, these are kind of famous movies. But uh, I love that idea of like, you've seen Psycho, come see it, and then stick around for the movie you haven't seen. And it's not going to play on the big screen really all that often. So yeah, that's, Crafting a double feature is fun. We don't do them all that often, but uh, yeah, I really like doing double features. We're not the new Bev. The new Bev every night is playing an A feature. And a yeah, feature. pretty much. Yeah, but it's it's just such an interesting experience when you double feature because it's just like you're having like two different foods and like sometimes they complement each other really well. Yeah. And, you know, just the contrast between them sometimes 
made them even better experiences. Yeah. I've never forgiven myself for missing the new bev screening of uh, Manhunter and Thief back to back. Oh, man. Oh, oh, Thief is so good. It would have been like... I would have died. That know, would have been it for me. I, why would it have been pleasure? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm a big Michael Mann fan. So. A, a double feature we do every year is on Halloween. We play Halloween, of course, Carpenter's Halloween. And what if I was like, yeah, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> Halloween. Have everyone leave. And then on the marquee, I put and question mark, question mark. Oh, and I just oh. play literally whatever. Uh, the last two years I've done, It Follows was right after Halloween. Oh, that's awesome. Which kind of has those Carpenter vibes. Yeah. Not really. yeah. I mean, they're tangentially. He would have like, been, that director would have been like perfect for the Blumhouse Halloween. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The David Robert Mitchell. He's a new movie coming out that I want to see. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it looks like Southland Tales and mixed with paper towels. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, <laughs> Under the Silver Lake. Check out the trailer yeah. for that if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, last year it was um, Halloween and like Scream. So it was like you Ooh, know, those are like good. those go together. Like whoa, those are two kind of iconic horror movies um, from different generations. But anyway, yeah, that's a, that's one double feature that I do every year, and then we try to do other ones as well. Uh, do you have any uh, upcoming screenings that you want to highlight? <sighs> yeah. Um, I break down things in my mind in terms of programming into series. Okay. So in April, the director's series is Nicholas Winding Raffin. So we just played Drive. I know, it's a crazy one. <laughs> no, it's a crazy I love one to do it. When, love we it. It, when we haven't done like Coppola and like very <laughs> famous directors. We don't want to just knock those all out. Like we need a Raffin month every once in a while. Of course. But uh, yeah, Drive, we're doing a Drive, Only God Forgives, Valhalla Rising, Bronson. Bronson's, you know, coming up soon. So I'll highlight Bronson. Then we have the kids series. We call it the kids series on weekends, but mostly adult show. <laughs> um, that's uh, Willy Wonka, Mary Poppins, and E.T. this month. Ah, nice. And then um, we have our staff picks. Um, every volunteer of the month we pick, it's a pick that month. So um, coming up, it's going to be Amadeus and uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Hmm. Not related at all, but those are the two <laughs> movies that my volunteers really like. So we'll play it for them because they do awesome work. Um, and then uh, at the end of the month, my, my number one pick for this entire month of April is uh, The Wicker Man, the original. Um, the original. <laughs> <laughs> um, which Chris, I have Christopher not seen. Lee in that like, tweed yeah. jacket is the best. I've never seen The Wicker Man. Oh, it's, a, it's yeah. amazing. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite horror films. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's like Edgar Wright's favorite. Yeah, yeah, I'm his favorite. Yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna sit down and watch it for sure. That'll be yeah. one that even if I'm on, you know, staff at the time, I will sit down and watch it for sure. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, it's cool for me to get excited for a movie that's playing at the own theater. But yeah, uh, no, nah, man, I never really great. get to watch the movies. You know, uh, another double feature we did was The Thing and American Werewolf from London, and I didn't oh. get to watch either of them. Oh no, <laughs> so, that's too bad. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, I, I mean, Scott Pilgrim, stuff, just amazing stuff we do all the time. I don't get to, I, I, sometimes it's like, do I want to be a patron or do I want to work there? It's like, I want to work there. I want to yeah. show these movies to people. I've seen these movies, not on the big screen, but I've seen them. So, you know, I like showing them to people. Yeah, like, I, I couldn't be in charge of the theater like that because then I'd just be like, all right, let's, let's watch Near Dark. Let's watch Heat. Yeah. Let's, let's watch, watch it again. Let's watch it again. I, I would just, I would go power hungry. And then let's watch yeah. Black Hat. And let's watch Seven Black Hat. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Michael Mann month every month. And yeah, I would just Man get month lost. Month. Michael Mann month has not happened yet. We've done 12 directors. We've been around for a year. It's coming. You know, yeah. like Michael will be there every day. I will, I yeah. will be there. I, he's not kidding. Yeah. We're doing a director next month that I can't say because okay. what if it falls through then I look like an idiot. But yeah. um, he's someone who a lot of people consider the best director of all time. He's a, it's a foreign director. Okay. Um, and we got four just like bangers coming around. My yeah. brain's already like, who's? I mean, you, I mean, you could guess, but I'm not gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's like the 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 director. You know what I mean? Okay. He's not American, so um, mm. go for it. Okay. <laughs> Try to guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, you guys will see that. The comics are turning. I was gonna like head us out for the episode now. Yeah, (laughs) I got like the the whole Charlie Day thing from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah. It's it's if you had the Charlie Day thing, it would just be the name at the top. (laughs) Blah blah blah. That's the person. (laughs) Carol. Uh, okay, well, I think that pretty much wraps up for this episode. Last minute plugs, anyone? Um, well, I already plugged the Freed Cinema, but I uh, would be remiss if I didn't mention I make short films. Uh, I made a short film last year called Foxwood. Um, that was uh, like a, a, kind of a horror comedy. and It just got into a bunch of festivals. And oh, hey, hey, my congrats. Thank you. <laughs> my buddy who I make the films with, uh, Ian Hawk, uh, would be mad if I didn't plug at Ghost Party Pictures on Instagram. Oh. Yeah, all that. Yeah, I'm here for the Frida, but you know, I also would like to play. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah you're, you're a human being. You got, you got yeah. a life. You know, you got this all going on. I would love if you guys have me back when I start my podcast. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. for sure. Or just I let would, us know. I would love make it happen. It's been fun. Yeah, this side. Yeah. I want you guys to come on the podcast and yell at me and just be like, "You haven't seen that movie." Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. Is that the title for it? You haven't seen that movie? <laughs> Honestly, like. I'm thinking of a title right now that's going to be one of those annoying, kind of longer ones, like, uh, how did this get made, or something like that, where it has, like, a punctuation mark at the end. (laughs) Okay, no, for sure. I mean, Gina and I would be happy to have you back or to go over whenever. Separately, though, I don't want you guys telling us. (laughs) No, that's fine. I don't 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 get it. I don't like that much anyway. Yeah, I I understand. (laughs) He can't see us. (laughs) He can't see us whispering right now. (laughs) Uh, Gene, plugs. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Gene9892. I don't think I'm really... Plugging anything? Uh, yeah, just, oh, uh, Geostorm. Geo. Oh, yeah, I already plugged that. The yeah. Geo disaster. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, the, that's all I have right now. Sorry, silent geo disaster. Uh, anyone else plugs? Uh, uh, you guys can follow the, the the comic book store at Undersea Comics. All right. Hey, I have mm-hmm. I have a really annoying one last plug. Okay. Go for it. You guys will be happy about it though. Yes. Okay. We have a thing coming up on May fourth. It's a twelve hour science fiction marathon. We did one in October called Camp Frida. Okay. That was 12-hour horror. This on May 4th is a 12-hour science fiction marathon. Oh, my gosh. It starts with Serenity. Oh, oh no. wow. It ends with the fifth element. Yes. At, like, 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Oh, damn. Um, and in between, it's just, we don't say what the movies are. You just got to show up. And uh, oh. I'm, I think I'm allowed to say they're great. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's on May 4th. It's 20 bucks, and I'm pushing it. I can't oh. tell you why I almost forgot it. It's such a yeah. cool yeah. yeah. okay. yeah. 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 to get there. Did I say it was called Starship Frida? Starship, <laughs> yeah. Starship Frida. That's what oh, it is. So. Oh my god, it's oh, amazing. I feel like one of the movies already. So the title alone is like, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like yeah. one yeah. movie will play. I guess I know what I'm doing May 4th. Last plugs for me then. T E W G O Wallace on Twitter. Like, subscribe, check out the rest of the podcast. Uh, we're doing the middle of our Hannibal Lecter retrospective. We're back up and running. Just really Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Hannibal up next. Ridley Scott. You might be surprised by someone's reaction in that episode to that movie, right. and it was not me. Ghost uh, <laughs> is funny. Yeah, uh, uh, if you didn't like this episode, like and subscribe anyways. Yeah. Cause my advice something you do like. Don't be an asshole. First, yeah, there's you know reviews on there, and uh, yeah, we have some good content and interviews. Oh, I'd like to thank Min, the cameraman. Yay! Thank you so much, because Kirk died. So. <laughs> he's not dead. He's alive, but he's not here today. So he might as well be dead to me. Uh, but thank you so much again for listening and for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional.